We've got some big news to get to at the top of the show today as Kareem Jackson has been suspended four games after he was ejected from a big hit he laid down in the win over the Packers on tight end Luke Musgrave. That was his second ejection of the season. He's got a lot of fines so far this year, but now he gets suspended. And it's a big suspension, like I said, four games. So initial thoughts were the hit warranted an ejection. I know people can really nitpick it and go, it was to the shoulder, he didn't lead with the head, yada, yada, yada. No, it was a big hit. It was a blindside hit. He was a defenseless receiver. I didn't have much of an issue with him being ejected. Four games? That's a big number. I mean, I thought maybe a one or two game suspension could be coming down, but clearly the NFL is using Kareem Jackson as an example for others, and that is clean it up. We were not happy with all the pregame fights going on across the league and some of the in-game skirmishes. Now we're seeing some big hits, some blindside hits, defenseless receivers. We are going to make an example out of Kareem Jackson. So no more safeties get an idea of, yep, I'm just going to run down the field and take a guy's head off. So unfortunately, the Denver Broncos are without Kareem Jackson's services for the next four games. And so that means more P.J. Locke and DeLair and Turner Yell and maybe some J.L. Skinner. We really haven't seen J.L. Skinner much this entire season. But Justin Simmons will have a new running mate as long as he is still on this team past the NFL trade deadline. And Kareem Jackson, we will see you in five games from now because you are done. Now, let's talk more about Week 7 and some other takeaways, whether it's uh, regarding the trade rumors and some other topics after the Broncos' 19-17 win over the Green Bay, Pack Green Bay Packers. Excuse me, because there is a fraction of the fan base out there going, wait a minute, we just beat the Packers. That means we're no longer sellers, right? That's how this works. No. Go back last year. Remember when Denver beat the Jags right before the NFL trade deadline and people thought maybe they won't sell anymore. Maybe they can figure it out. Did they ever figure it out? No. They were still bad after beating the Jags. And I'm happy they traded Bradley Chubb because they were able to get a first-round pick out of it. Now, what they did with that first-round pick might not have been wise, but that doesn't mean the, the trade was a mistake when it was made in October. So do not let beating a bad Packers team change the course. And what course is this team on right now? A course to the bottom five team in the NFL. They are 2-5. and five. Congratulations. You beat a 2-4 and four Packers team at home. As you should, even if you are a one-win team at the time. So I'm not going to let a win over Green Bay with Jordan Love alter my decision that this team should sell. Now who? I'm looking at these three guys on screen right now. Cortland Sutton. Six receptions, 76 yards, and one touchdown. His fifth touchdown of the year. The guy only had four touchdowns combined over the last two seasons. So his value has gone way up. Jerry Judy also helping the cause to increase his value right before the October 31st deadline. Five grabs for 64 yards. And Samaje Pirine, despite being an RB3 because of highlight reel Jaleel and bowling ball Javante Williams, I think he could offer his services to another team looking to make a push that's a little bit banged up at the running back position. I still believe all three of these players should be traded as long as you get good returns. I'm not saying trade them for anything, but if you can get a second-round pick for Sutton and Judy and a fifth-round pick for Samaj P. Ryan, I would do that in a heartbeat. Now, looking specifically at Judy and Sutton so far this year, 
Sutton has been the better receiver. There's no question about that, right? But the things that go in Judy's favor, a little bit cheaper, right? Sutton's got a bigger contract and for longer, whereas Judy just got the fifth-year option for next year at $12.9 million. But Sutton has been the better player. Five touchdowns, 351 yards, a much more reliable option for a team. If you can get a second rounder for Judy and Sutton, which it's pretty crazy to think about, but if I told myself back in July, or maybe, actually, if I told myself back in like April when the trade rumors were really at their peak regarding these two players, that fast forward to a third of the way into the season and Cortland Sutton has a higher trade value than Jerry Judy, no way I would have believed myself. I would have laughed at myself. But right now I would say you could probably get more for Cortland Sutton than you could for Jerry Judy. Now looking at the last four years for Sutton, he has really saved his career in some ways, right? Like I said, four combined touchdowns from 2021 to 2022 after tearing his ACL in 2020. But a big bounce back season. He is running faster. His routes look a lot sharper. And the results speak for themselves. 351 yards and five touchdowns compared to the last two years. 829 yards was the highest of those two seasons. And he is really starting to develop a nice chemistry with Russell Wilson, right? You look at the stats with uh, Cortland Sutton and Russell Wilson, 1,100 yards, seven touchdowns in 21 games. These two players are really starting to pick it up in the last few weeks. So I could see the argument of, wait a minute, why are we about to trade away Russell Wilson's best target, right? His go-to guy. These two are really starting to form a good connection. This could be a one-two punch for as long as Russell Wilson is behind center. And for me or for you and people like that, I would say get a second-round pick. Save about $28 million. You get that Cortland Sutton contract off of your books over the next two seasons, give or take. That's hard to pass on, right? Again, after a win, vibes are high. Every win in the NFL feels like a Super Bowl victory. That's what happens when you only play 17 games. But if you can get a second rounder, get all that money off your books, and you're two and five, I think it's going to be a pretty good deal. And that's a tough one to pass on. But if you had to pick one player to trade, Judy or Sutton, who do you want to trade? Do you want to give up on the first rounder, Jerry Judy? Or do you want to try and move on from Cortland Sutton, who has been you know, a captain of this team, one of the longest tenured players on this team, and get rid of his contract in some ways, which is a good or bad thing, depending on how you're looking at it, right? On one hand, hey, it's very expensive, so every team's always looking to save some money. But on the other hand, He's locked up for the next two seasons beyond this year, so a team would have a lot of control and not have to extend him the moment they trade for him, kind of like Miami did with Bradley Chubb last year. My pick, I would trade Jerry Judy. I would trade both of them, but if I had to pick just one guy, meaning George and Sean give me a call saying, we decided we want to hold on to one of these two receivers. We don't want to do a full-on blow-up, and I had to trade one guy away, I would go with Jerry Judy. I mean, we are in year four, and I have not seen him show me anything to believe he can go for 1,000 yards and more than three or four touchdowns in a year. Jerry Judy, in my opinion, should go for a second-round pick, although Benjamin Albright says that Judy right now is only getting a third-rounder in trade circles. Now, the Colts apparently reached out to Denver regarding Judy's availability. According to Albright, not Denver reaching out to Indianapolis. And if we have learned anything from George Payton and a little bit of Sean Payton. They are not 
picking up the phone to make calls, but they're not declining calls, right? They will answer phone calls. They will see what teams are going to offer for their players, but they are not initiating a lot of these trade conversations. Now, like I mentioned Judy, earlier, Judy's 2024 cap hit is $12.9 million. That's his fifth-year option. It's already been exercised, so whether he's on Denver's roster or someone else's roster, he is locked in no matter what for $12.9 million guaranteed next year. If you can get a second-round pick for Jerry Judy, take it and run. I understand at moments there's like, oh, that was a good play by Judy, and like, decent game from Jerry Judy. But what are we talking about, right? I mean, look at his career so far. We got really good numbers from him in the last six weeks of 2022, but he's yet to go over 1,000 yards. Six touchdowns, a career high for him in a single season. The ankle injury slowed him down earlier in his career. But here we are in year four, and has Jerry Judy really shown us anything consecutively beyond a six-game stretch at the end of 2022 to believe this is a true wide receiver one? No. I think he's on a path to be a free agent after 2024 and unlikely to be re-signed by Denver. So you can either hang out with him for another 18 months or so, move on from after 2024, or you can get a good second-round pick for him right now if that is on the table. And if it is, I would take it in a heartbeat. Support for today's show comes in from Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a daily fantasy sports app where all you have to do is pick two to six player stat projections and you can win up to 25 times your money. Now, for Monday Night Football, they've got Kirk Cousins at 243 and a half passing yards. So you can take the more or you could take the less, but whatever you're taking, take it over at Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash CLNS and use code CLNS for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is super simple and user-friendly. I spend one to two minutes on the app every Sunday, Monday, Thursday, and Saturday. I might have a bit of an issue, but anyway, the link for this is all in the comments and description of today's video. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, let's get on to some other news and nuggets regarding the Denver Broncos because we have a trade. Woo, woo, woo. The Tennessee Titans traded their all-pro defensive back safety, Kevin Byer, to the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, what I want you guys to look at here is what the Eagles gave up for Kevin Byer, and that was a 2024 fifth-round pick and sixth-round pick along with safety Terrell Edmonds. So two day-three draft picks and a safety swap for Kevin Byard. Justin Simmons is on Kevin Byard's level, right? They are not the one and two best safeties in the NFL, but they fall in that three to seven range any given year. And you look at Justin Simmons' last four seasons, like I said, he's very similar to Kevin Byard. Like Kevin Byard in 2021 and 2022 had nine interceptions combined. That's not too far off from Justin Simmons over at 11. Now, both guys are not having outstanding starts to the year for their, you know, um, level. Both of them ranking PFF-wise towards the middle-slash-bottom. Byard at 36 out of 84 safeties. Justin Simmons at 66 out of 84. Simmons got the one interception. Byard still looking for that first pick of the season. Both are ball hawk safeties who are also stout against the run. But... Neither player, I think, is going to get you a whole lot in the NFL trademark. I thought Simmons could get you a lot more, but after seeing Byard go for a fifth and a sixth and a player, 
I don't think you're going to get a third for Justin Simmons like I once hoped for. So with that being said, if a Justin Simmons trade does happen, you know we're going to be breaking it down here on the channel, so make sure to subscribe. But I don't know if we're going to be seeing a Justin Simmons trade. Like, if that's all you're going to get, a fifth and a sixth, I don't want to see Denver move on from the heart and soul of this defense in a lot of ways. A team captain, an awesome member of the community, and a pillar of this locker room for a fifth and a sixth? Like, to me, that just seems like maybe he's not going to be long-term here after a few more years because you haven't won a lot of ball games with him and he's a bit expensive and safeties just can't you know, ultimately flip the script on a game very often. But if it's just going to get you a fifth or sixth, I'd rather hold on to Justin Simmons. Now, if you can get a third rounder, I'd be, I'd be on board with that because this team needs to do a hard reset. I'm not going to let one win over the Packers deter me of that, but... I'm not going to sell Justin Simmons for a fifth or sixth. Like, that just seems too low, in my opinion. Now, switching gears here, I do want to keep it in the DB room here because I want to show you guys the Week 7 inactives list. Six guys. Rookie Alex Forsyth, okay. Elijah Garcia, Keandre Coburn, yeah, okay, okay. Riley Moss, huh. He really jumps out to me. Does he, does he jump out to you? Like, everyone else here is a bunch of uh, late day three picks or some UDFAs, but Riley Moss was a player Denver targeted and traded up for in the third round of this past draft. And he's inactive. What are we doing? It's still early, but it's not looking good for the cornerback out of Iowa, who I was not a fan of the draft pick back in April. All of our longtime viewers and subscribers will remember, I was not a fan of Denver moving up to draft Riley Moss. And here we are in week seven. He's not even dressing for ball games anymore. Not looking good. It's early. He's still a rookie. I remember Shaq Barrett didn't have a phenomenal rookie season with Denver. Nick Benito was not outstanding last year for Denver, and he's been awesome this year. So I'm not ready to close the book on Riley Moss. But here's the issue. You gave up a good amount to get him, right? That's problem number one. Look at the trade what Denver moved on from to move up and secure Riley Moss. A third-round pick for next year and a fourth-round pick this past draft. So a fourth and a third to move up to pick 83 to select Riley Moss. And the biggest issue I have is not so much the third round pick that you gave up next year for Riley Moss. It's look at the cornerback room in Denver. It's bad after Pat Sertan. Fabian Moreau got the start over Damari Mathis because Damari Mathis is the worst cornerback in the National Football League. So you had the worst cornerback in the National Football League starting on this team for six weeks, and Riley Moss, a third-rounder, must be the worst cornerback in the history of football practices because he still can't get any playing time despite there being Damari Mathis on the field. I know I'm being a bit eccentric here and maybe exaggerating a bit, but at the same time, am I? Look at Damari Mathis's stats this year. This was the guy ahead of Riley Moss on the depth chart. Four touchdowns allowed, 361 yards allowed. PFF ranked him 114th out of 115 qualifying cornerbacks. When that's the guy ahead of you on the depth chart, and you not only cannot take a starting role from him, or at least take some snaps away from him, but you're inactive? Oh, that's bad. I mean, that is not a good look right there, and that's worrisome. That really makes you think, what is Sean Payton seeing at practice where he goes, Damari Mathis has been unplayable, and I benched him this week. But that rookie out of Iowa, 
He's worse. He might be worse than Damari Mathis. And the bar for Damari Mathis is already so low. So with that being said, what should Denver do as we get close to the NFL trade deadline? Buyers look for a new cornerback? Sellers? I'm in that camp. Or neither. I know every NFL fan base thinks it has to be one or the other, but there is the door number three option. You just don't trade anyone, and you don't trade for anyone. For me, I want draft picks. Sell, sell, sell. I understand that after a win, I sound like the Grinch, and I'm the only one standing up here saying, sell, sell, sell. They just won, PD. What are you talking about? Build off of this win. Don't tear up this locker room. No, come on. They beat the 2-3 and three Green Bay Packers at home. They should be selling. They should absolutely be looking for more draft assets because they're going to need them. Look at their draft pool for 2024. They've got a first, which is looking to be a good first. They don't have a second. That belongs to New Orleans for Sean Payton. They have one third via the Saints. They've got a fourth rounder coming from that Bradley Chubb trade. They've got a fifth. Another fifth thanks to the Jacob Martin trade last year. And they've got a sixth rounder thanks to Randy Gregory. They've got six draft picks. This team has a lot of work to do in the offseason. They have spent a lot of money already. My suspicion is Greg Penner might go, hey, I gave you guys $87 million to sign Mike McGlinchey. The offensive line's not looking a whole lot better. So before I break out my checkbook, another straight march, how about you do something in the draft? How about you get some good cheap players who are on the contract books for four years at like $1.5 million a season? Hit on some of those picks before I start breaking out the bank again. And you know what's a good strategy to hit on draft picks? Get as many picks as you can. It's a crapshoot. It's a lottery. But if you want to win the lottery, you're going to have a better chance of winning it with 10 tickets compared to one ticket. So go get more picks because this team, I'm not sold on. They're 2-5. and five. Wake up. Don't let one win against the Packers make you think this team's about to go on a run or something. Just like the Jags game last year. They were not about to go on a run after that. They would go on to lose a lot of games. They would go on to be embarrassed by the Ravens and Titans in one-score games or the Panthers. Come on. Don't do this. Do not fall, to, do not fall in this trap, everyone. Sell, 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 sell. That's going to do it for us on today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your Victory Monday, which I know I was a bit of a rain cloud for Victory Monday, but I don't want anyone getting a false sense of hope that after a win over the Green Bay Packers, this team should be buyers and they should hold on to all their assets. And then we are 3-10. and 10. Oh, kind of wish we moved on from Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy when their value was at their highest.